Well, again, good morning. It is great to have you joining us here, uh, Silver Creek Online. Uh, we are praying that you're doing, uh, staying safe and everything is going well. If there are things that we can be doing for you or if you know of needs, would you please let us know? Uh, we want to do everything we can as a church uh, to help meet those needs. Um, we are in our second week of our series called Jesus Will. And, and the idea behind this is to really help each of us to begin to develop and establish a real true idea of what Jesus will do in our lives, what Jesus will provide, what Jesus will offer to us in our lives. And really, there's, there's so many things that influence and cause us to have a variety of ideas of what Jesus will do. And so today, what we want to look at is the idea and the reality that Jesus will direct the journey of our life. He will direct us through the choices that we have to make. The great news is, you and I, we don't have to figure it out on our own. If you're like me, maybe if you've tried to figure it out, you, you left it to a coin flip once in a while, or, or maybe you rolled the dice, or maybe if you remember years ago, there was the magic eight ball, you could shake that up and get some, some great wisdom there. We don't have to lean into that. We don't have to lean into those things for those different decisions that we need to make. And it's really easy for you and I to sometimes get the wrong idea of what Jesus will do. So I want to try and figure that out. Now, I don't know if this ever happens in your family or with your friends, um, but there's that moment where you're, you're headed to the same destination, but you're in two different cars. And as you're driving along, all of a sudden you get to that point where you're at a, a stoplight or a stop sign, and it's that decision moment. It's that moment where from this intersection, there's two ways to get to that destination. You can, you can either go straight or you could turn. And both, both of them are ultimately going to lead to the same destination. And one driver turns and the other driver goes straight. And, and hopefully it doesn't turn into a race because that can be bad. But, but sometimes one driver just prefers a route that has less stop signs and less stoplights. And they're just like, I'd like to keep moving. And it doesn't matter if, there's, if the speed limits are lower. I just, I like not stopping. And the other person might say, well, I don't want to go this route because they can go at a, a faster speed and, and maybe I won't catch the light. Maybe I'll get through on a green light. Or... But there's this choice. There's this decision that you get to make. And maybe one direction is one, one choice is faster. One, fa one choice gets you there sooner. But maybe the other route comes with less traffic and less to deal with. And there's this decision choice that you have to make. By the way, real quick, I was just thinking about driving. Um, I, have you guys noticed that driving during COVID is more difficult? Seems like it's a lot more difficult right now because the number of pedestrians and joggers and bikers you have to avoid hitting has really increased. It's like, wait, why are all of you people walking around to get out of the road? Anyway, the idea of the journey, the idea of these paths and the journey and the destination, there are so many options sometimes. And when we look at our lives, sometimes we can feel like there are way too many choices, way too many decisions to be made. And, and sometimes the decisions make sense, and, and sometimes they don't make sense, and sometimes the journey feels different than other people, and sometimes we've made decisions along the way that have led to disaster. But so much of our life is about that journey. And we each are on that journey. We're each in that process of, of choosing the path that we're going to take and making those decisions. And, and we face decisions all the time. We have choices and options throughout life. Even right now, where, while we're not really doing a whole lot, even right now while we're staying home and we're staying safe and we're not going out much, there's still a lot of decisions. There's still a lot of choices to make. And some of those decisions are huge. Some of those decisions are really small. They can all have a very massive impact, however, on our situation. 
And the decisions that we're making right now, even as we stay home and stay safe, can have some pretty serious implications on moving forward. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that that the, the amount of alcohol being consumed right now is way up. At the same time, the number of domestic violence reports also on the rise. Huge decisions being made right now. We've got decisions every day. We can can choose every day whether we're going to get out and go for a walk or whether we're just going to sit around all day. We have decisions whether or not when we get together with our family, we can all find a way to play a game or read a book or do something together, or we can all go isolate on our own devices. We have to make wise choices. We need to make wise decisions. And life comes with so many choices and so many decisions. And one of the incredible aspects about what Jesus wants to do is that Jesus wants to bring guidance and direction to our life. Jesus will help us navigate those different options that life brings. And what's really interesting is those of us in the world, those of us that are going through life, most of the time we just want to call our own shots. Most of the time, we're not necessarily all that interested in Jesus guiding us. We, we tend to think that we can do it better. We tend to sometimes not trust that Jesus truly has our best interest at heart. Listen to what Jesus said. It's, it's going to be on the screen. Um, it's also on the message notes if you happen to find those. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus just cuts straight to it right there. He just jumps right to it, and he's like, listen, most people won't choose him to guide their life. Most people won't choose him to lead their journey. Most people want to call their own shots. Most people want to make their own decisions. Most people want to do what they think is best and what they like most. And most of the time, that will lead to destruction. And we've seen this when we watch other people's lives, and we've probably seen it and experienced in our own lives. When we said, no, 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 Jesus, I got it. And the reality is that oftentimes, most of the time, where Jesus will lead us, the direction that he'll take us is different than the rest of what is going on around us. And seldom is the path that Jesus takes us down, is it the path of least resistance, because oftentimes it's not the direction that everybody else is heading. And Jesus says, oftentimes the path that seems like everyone else is taking that path that so many people are on, it's actually leading us away from where we should be. It actually will lead us away from what God wants and what God's best is for our life. Jesus is saying, it's a wide path and most people take it. And if you take the path that most people take, it's going to lead us away, lead us away from why God created us and lead us away from the life that he created us to live. So I want to take a few moments and I want you to consider for just a second. I want you to think about in your life, give a moment and think about a painful moment, a painful time in your life where you made a decision apart from Jesus. Where you really just thought for yourself and you made your own decision and you're like, I don't need his help. I'm just going to, I can make this decision on my own. And, And you really felt like it seemed right. But right, if you thought about it and if you could go back and you could remake that decision, you would choose it. Even though it seemed like it was the thing that made so much sense, but you tried to do it on your own, and you would look back and you would say, "Uh, if I could only take the path that Jesus would have driven or suggested I go down, the path that was a little bit more narrow would have led to a way healthier outcome. 
Maybe, maybe it was a relationship that, that you moved through too fast or progressed through too fast. Or, or maybe it was a career decision. Maybe it was a decision to take on more debt and you needed to just stay away from it. Maybe it was a decision that you knew lacked integrity, but you went with it anyway. We all know we can't go back and change the past, but what we can do today is to begin to choose what our future will look like. And Jesus is boldly telling us, listen, come with me. I will show you a path. It's going to look narrow. It's going to look difficult. But if you'll trust me, he's saying, I want to lead you and you can trust me. I will be the Lord of your life that will guide you, take you down a path that ultimately leads to life and leads away from destruction. And if you and I will begin to allow Jesus to direct our journey, what it means is that we have to begin to say, Jesus, I'm going to give you the authority to lead my life. Jesus, I'm going to choose to allow you to be Lord. Now, now Lord isn't a word that we use a whole lot anymore, right? Actually, when we start using the word about let somebody be Lord, Lord doesn't really sit all that well with most of us. Right now, pretty much the only time we use the word Lord is if you're watching some like medieval TV show or medieval movie and there's the Lord of the house or the Lord of the manor and typically there's some pompous jerk that nobody really likes and we all hope they die in the next battle anyway. But if we're going to understand the term Lord, we need to stop for a minute and we're going to jump into what we're calling this week's theological breakdown. I feel like I need some theme music right there or something like theological breakdown, dun, dun, dun. We're not. We don't have it, though, so we're low budget here. Anyway, each week what we want to do is we want to take a moment and have this theological breakdown to really focus in on a theological truth that will, that will help us have a greater understanding of who Jesus is and what he re- will really do for us. And so we want to look at this idea of the word Lord. Because the word Lord is used to describe Jesus over and over again in the New Testament. In fact, if you go through and you count, it's nearly 740 times is the word Lord used to refer to him, which is really, truly an incredible word that we need to grasp. And it's choosing, it's allowing Jesus to be Lord over our journey. So let's explore that a little bit, what it looked like. During the time of Jesus, um, the ancient Romans were in power, and they were over Rome, and they were overseeing Israel, and they were kind of taking over the world. And, And at this point in Roman history, there were the absolute rulers of Rome, and they were known as the Caesars. You've probably heard of some of them. There was, there was Julius Caesar, and there was Augustus Caesar. There was little Caesar. His justice, I've heard, always was served up hot and ready. I think you want to laugh, but you can go ahead. Anyway, okay, so... But Caesar Augustus, he, he, this guy, he was there and he wanted, he wanted more power. Caesar Augustus wanted to control, he wanted supreme spiritual control and leader of everybody. He really wanted everybody to see him as God. And then Caesar caught a break. Because during his life, they had the appearance of Halley's Comet. And he convinced everybody that Halley's Comet was actually Julius Caesar entering into heaven, confirming that all of Caesar's were God's. And so Augustus used that to begin to turn people and directed people and said, listen, we as the emperors, you need to see us as lords. And anybody that chose not to follow would be seen as rebellious and could ultimately be punished by death. So what that meant is these new Christians that were deciding that they were going to follow Jesus with their life, it was a life-threatening decision to choose to call Jesus Lord. 
They were literally putting their life on the line if they recognized Jesus as Lord. In the original Greek, uh, the word was, I don't even know if I'm saying this right. If you're Greek, you can send me an email and tell me. But the word was kairios or kairios. I don't even know. K-Y-R-I-O-S. That's how you want to do it. But that original Greek word, and I'm not that smart, I just know how to use Google, Google, but kairios, translated Lord, literally means to be the master or to be the one in absolute control. And it's so important for us to understand this title that Jesus receives of Lord. It defines our relationship because it's who we are choosing to follow. It's who we're saying we believe. And when we choose to say that we're going to follow Jesus and recognize him as Lord, we are saying, Jesus, I am going to let you be the master. I'm going to allow you absolute control. And he's earned the right because he gave up everything for us. He gave up heaven. He gave up his place in heaven and he came to, life, or came to earth and he gave up his life. And as a result, he deserves our allegiance. He deserves our worship. Also, the word Lord also means that Jesus is God. If we go back into the Old Testament and you follow the Jewish people and you see that when they would have an encounter with God, they would use the word Adonai. Adonai is the Hebrew word that also means Lord. And so the word Adonai, meaning Lord, and the word Kyrios, the Greek word, also meaning Lord, those two things connected together was an example of the earlier followers lining up and saying, yes, Adonai is God in the Old Testament, but then when they were referred to him as Lord in the New Testament, they were including and saying, yes, this also means that he is God. And so when we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, we are truly saying, you, are, you have the supreme authority, Jesus. You have all of the right to have absolute rule of my life. You are the supreme being, and I'm acknowledging that you are God, that you have all power, you have all wisdom, you have all ability to reign over the universe, and you have all of that to reign over my life. And ultimately, he deserves our commitment as Lord, because he gave of his life to save ours. And if that statement sounds big, bigger than you want to just take right there, go back and listen to last week's message, and it tried to validate that statement that he gave up his life for us. And ultimately, what all of that means is that, that Jesus wants to direct our lives, that, that Jesus will lead us to the most fulfilling life. He will lead us to life and away from destruction, but in order for that to do that, in order for that to happen, we have to place him in a position of lordship. He has to have the authority to direct. And he's already earned the right, and it's right there, and it's right there available for us. And what I hope that we'll begin to see today is ultimately we'll begin to see that Jesus will direct my journey when I begin to place a few habits and processes in my life. And here's something so great about Jesus. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to get it all right in this moment for him to be involved and help us move forward. It's really all about where are we at in the journey today and what is the next step I need to take in that process? What is it that I need to begin to do right now I don't have to have it all solved. I just need to look and see, what do I need to do next? What do I need to see from Jesus and how can he direct me best? What's the next step? What's the next choice? What's the next action I need to take? So I want to give you five. Five things. And one of these might be your next step. You could be somewhere along here. Maybe you start to apply them all. But, but just begin to take maybe the first step. The first step is this. Is to begin to pursue his direction for every decision. 
No matter where you are in life, no matter what stage of life, no matter what you're doing to make a living, it doesn't matter. We all have significant decisions to make each and every day. And if you and I are trying to make decisions on our own, it is inevitable that we will get some decisions wrong, that we will make some bad decisions. And it's not that we're ever trying to make a bad decision. It's not ever that we're really wanting to make it wrong. I don't think any of us ever wake up in the morning and say, today, I'm going to make the worst decision possible. Today, I'm going to make a decision that's really going to hurt me. You know what I want to do today? I want to make a decision that's going to cause a lot of stress and maybe be a real embarrassment to myself. I don't, I don't think we typically do that. But when we do it on our own, we're going to make mistakes. And if you're just checking out Jesus this morning or this whole church thing, I just want you to know that those of us that have been at this for a long, long time, we don't have it all figured out. We're still working on it. And we're really good, if we've been at this for a while, we're really good at following God's direction when we don't know what to do. We, we love to run to God when we're scared, and we love to run to God when we're stressed out, and we love to run to God when we're desperate, when like nothing that we've tried worked. That's when we tend to be like, God, help. But the decisions that we need to make, so oftentimes we think we know what we want, and we know what we like, and we think we've got it all figured out. And so oftentimes the decisions that we think we know, we don't, we don't ask Jesus. We're like, ah, I'm not going to bother him with that one. I got this one. We just think we've got it. And the problem is that when we go that route and we take it all on ourselves, we have to own all of those results. We have to live with whatever, turns out, whatever it turns out to be. One of the wisest individuals that ever lived was a guy by the name of Solomon. Solomon was great at making good decisions, and yet Solomon wrote this. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Solomon is, Solomon is saying, don't trust your gut. Don't trust what you feel. Don't trust what you want to do. He's like, don't lean into your own research. Don't lean into your own knowledge. Don't lean into your own understanding. You can't trust it. And it doesn't mean that we should discount or throw out what we know or what we feel. But what he's saying is, don't let that be the foundation for the decisions that you make. Solomon is saying, with every single decision, look for God's direction. In the big decisions, in the small decisions, in the urgent decisions. When it seems like it's not a very important decision, invite Jesus to be Lord in that process. Let your first instinct begin to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? Jesus, what's the best path for me to take. Jesus, would you direct my decision here? Now, there's an obvious problem that occurs when you and I begin to say, Jesus, direct me. Jesus, tell me where to go. God, would you direct me? Is we have to figure out then how are we going to hear him? If we, we ask him for direction, then we have to understand or how do we begin to hear as he guides? And the most efficient way for you and I to hear God's direction is the next step we need to take. And the next step is that you and I need to begin to study the Bible to know what is true. The reality is this, is that every single principle that we need for life is found in the Bible. The basis for everything that we need to learn, for every single decision that we need to make, it's all in God's word. Jesus said, some, said how valuable it is when he began to describe his word, which is ultimately God's word, as he described the teaching that's available to us. Jesus said this, 
Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. If you and I want to know what is true and best for life, everything that we need, every single principle that we can build our life on is found in Scripture. It's found in the Bible, and ultimately, when we recognize that God loves us and he wants the very best for us, we can begin to trust what he's written and what he's provided. And what we'll find is oftentimes the principles that we find in the Bible are opposite of what conventional wisdom would tell us. Because conventional wisdom comes from people. Conventional wisdom comes from most of us, the popular opinion, all coming together saying, well, what should we do? And most of the time, it doesn't line up with God's plan. And it's really critical that, that even within the church and even with those of us that are followers of Jesus, we can't go through and just start saying, well, I like that verse, I'll take that one. And I like this verse, I'll take this one. And, Ooh, this story works really well. I'll, I'll let that be the decision for how I live. We have to take the whole thing in its entirety. Because if we just start taking little bits and pieces, even if we were just to take a story, it would change how we do things. I mean, if it was true, we could just take a story, we could look at the example of Jesus and the example that Jesus showed us, if we just took this example, would be that every Sunday when we come to church, we're just going to flip tables over. When you come to church and you enter into church, you just flip a table over. That's what Jesus did. In fact, I think we should practice this right now. In all of your homes. You're like, I don't have to clean it up, so this is a great time. Every week when we start services, we're just going to start flipping over your dining room table. Go for it. No, that's not how it works. That was one particular instance. So we have to look at all of the stories and we have to look at all of the teachings and all of the words and that requires us to study and be in it and understand what Jesus was teaching and look at the whole of it. We have to recognize that the Bible interprets the Bible. We have to allow all of it to speak to itself. That's why we have to study it. That's why we have to know it. We have to study it and find out what are those principles for life and as we begin to dive into God's word what we'll find is we'll find principles for how to spend our money and sex and parenting. We'll find principles for how to deal with our neighbors. We'll find principles on how to respond to authority or to our boss or to our employees. How to approach nature. All of those principles that we need for life are all found in God's word. Now, when you look at the Bible and you begin to think, I got to study that? That can seem a little overwhelming because that's a pretty thick book. If we're going to study the Bible and not be intimidated by the thickness of it, what we just have to begin to do is just start the process. And the number one thing that if you're going to start reading the Bible, the key is start. So maybe you just need to set a time each day. And right now is the perfect situation to find some time. We've all got more time than we've ever had. Right now we've got a connect group that you can join and they're working on the process of reading through the Bible in a year. It's designed in such a way that you can jump in at any time. Each and every day you'll read for about 30 minutes, or if you're like me, uh, I just listen to, the, listen to it. There's some great ways to just be able to listen. Or maybe you're like, oh, I don't think I can handle 30 minutes. Then, then start with something even more basic than that. Start with one minute a day, or maybe five minutes a day. And then you, you pick a book in the New Testament somewhere towards the back of the Bible, and then every single day, you just read for the time that you've decided. If it's five minutes, read for five minutes and then stop. If it's one minute, read for one minute and then stop. 
And then you come back the next day and you just pick up where you left off and you read for your minute or you read for your five minutes and then you stop and then you come back the next day and you begin to create a daily practice of just reading for whatever that time is. It would be so much better in each of our lives if we read every day for one minute than if all of a sudden we decided, oh, I'm going to start reading my Bible for 30 minutes every day and we did it one day and then we just gave up on it. So if you decide to do this everyday thing where you're reading for one minute, pick a book, read to the end of it, pick it up the next day, read whatever till you get to the end. When you get to the end, start again. Read that same book for one month. Really allow yourself to begin to know it. And if you'd like more help on how to, how to read your Bible, if you want some more information on that, on the Connect card that you can find in the upper right-hand corner, in the prayer request section, would you just mention, just say, hey, I'd like some more help on learning how to read, and I'll get some information to you this week so you know how to do that. But a huge part of pursuing Jesus comes when, and, and being able to make decisions comes when we begin to know what he thinks and what he feels and what he cares about, and that happens when you and I choose to study the Bible. It also happens individually when you and I choose to saturate my life with godly teaching. Now, I recognize that it might seem a little self-serving, maybe a little bit arrogant for me to stand up here and say, listen, you need to get to church and saturate yourself with some godly teaching. Like, I realize that's a little bit weird. And this has never sounds, felt safe to try this before, but with everybody in their homes, I feel like we can ask some of these questions and, and I can actually have you raise your hands. So let's just try this. Everybody in your home, I want you to raise your hand if, if you find this to be true. Raise your hand real quick if, if you know that, that I'm not perfect. Raise your hand if you know that I'm not perfect. Keep your hands up. Let's just... In, in your homes right now, go ahead and raise your hands if you know that I don't know everything. Okay, in your homes, raise your hand if I don't know everything there is to know about God. Okay, raise your hands if you know that I've made some pretty big mistakes in my life. I feel way better about doing this without having you all here right now. Please do not take any pictures and post them on Facebook of all of your hands up. In fact, we're running a donation right now. Anybody that puts their hands up and posts it on Facebook, it's $500 to the food bank. So here's the great news about the fact that if you had your hands up and you recognize that I'm not perfect, this, what we do on a Sunday, it's not an opinion piece. This is not an editorial where I just throw out my ideas. The goal every single week is to take truth out of the Bible and begin to share with you what God already has said. This is not me making it up. And from the very beginning of Christian tradition, the idea was for people to be sitting under godly teaching to gain some of those important spiritual truths and allow the growth to come out of that. It's been one of the primary ways for those of us that are followers of Jesus to get direction and insight and wisdom from God. There were some instructions given to a, to a young preacher by one of the early church leaders speaking to the value of this. Paul wrote this to Timothy. He said, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. It's so important that you and I are finding somebody and learning from somebody that will challenge us and, and will point us, from, point us to truth and, and from time to time might get under our skin a little bit. Because if this morning, if you didn't feel a little called out that you need to be pursuing Jesus with every single decision, then you maybe aren't paying attention enough. 
And, and really, that's not out of my brain. That's not out of my knowledge. That's just what God calls us to do. And I know that not everybody is going to enjoy my preaching style or how I approach this. I get it. That's fine. I'm not offended. The, the key is that each of us need to find a place. You need to find a place where you can have godly teaching in your life. And whether that's here at Silver Creek or whether that's another place, can I just challenge you to make that commitment, to make it a commitment to be as close to sh- showing up weekly as possible, whether that's online or whether that's being in person? Don't let church, don't let being under godly teaching and, and coming for worship be an optional activity in your life. Make hearing God's word become something that's consistent and allow it to help you begin to find direction as Jesus leads and guides your life. Two last steps when it comes to finding direction from Jesus. The next step is this, is that you and I, we need to connect ourselves to people that are headed in the same direction. If over the past six weeks, you haven't figured out that you need people in your life, I'm not sure I can convince you. If this situation hasn't caused you to realize you need people in your life, okay. Introvert, I'm starting to, at first I heard introverted people saying, oh, this is really great. I'm starting to hear introverted people now saying, like, we got to get out. That's a sign that we need it. The reality is we need to live life with others. And one of the best ways that you and I can get where we want to end up is to have others around us that are headed in the same direction. I don't know if you've ever been to a water park and you've been in one of those lazy rivers, right, where you're sitting on inner tubes and you're all floating around. If you've ever been in one of those lazy rivers and you decided to get off of your inner tube and go in the other direction, good luck. Good luck. The people around you just, you know, take you wherever you're going to go. And the same thing happens in our life. The people that we surround ourselves will move us forward in either a good or a bad direction. So look at who you're connecting with, and you'll be able to see where it is that you're going. And make a choice to connect with those that are headed in the same direction. Back to some words by Solomon. Solomon said, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. The relationships that you and I develop are so important. Those connections that we have that will help us make decisions that will ultimately allow us to go where we want to go, that will help point us to what Jesus would have us to do. And obviously right now it's really difficult for us to have connect groups. Not really possible for us to gather, but we're going to open up and roll out some new connect groups as soon as we can. And when we roll out those new connect groups, I'm guessing we should probably have the highest registration we've ever had. I'm actually so hopeful that you are getting so hungry for relationships that when we can get together again, it will become something so valuable that we will come out of hibernation and be just dying to spend time with other people. We have to connect with people that are headed in the same direction. And then the last step, and really the key decision to all of this and this choice that each of us need to make is we have to begin to submit to Jesus as Lord. Here's the deal. Jesus isn't going to fight us on this. Jesus isn't going to make us or force us to be under his direction. And the real thing is, you and I, we aren't deciding if Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of the world. We don't call that. We simply decide whether or not we're going to submit to him as Lord. We get to choose to come under his authority. We get to choose to come under his direction. And he's not going to demand our allegiance. 
He's simply saying, I will be a caring provider that loves you and wants to guide you to the most fulfilling life possible. And if that's going to happen in our life, we have to choose to submit to him as Lord, to be the leader, to be the ruler, to be the director over every area of our life. That means we submit to him as Lord when it comes to our hobbies, to our free time. We submit to him as Lord when it comes to our hopes and to our dreams. We submit to him as Lord when it comes to our money and our relationships and to our jobs and to the words that we use and to the attitudes that we hold. But knowing that Jesus has the best plan will motivate us to say it's worth it to submit to him as Lord in each and every area. And it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you don't know. Each of us need Jesus to be our guide, to give us direction for the journey, for the path that we're on. Listen to some words of instruction that were given to the early church. It said this, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One of the greatest things that you and I need to be saved from is the need to make decisions. And the need that oftentimes we make a decision that will lead to destruction. And Jesus says, would you follow me? Would you allow me to lead you? Let me help guide you to the greatest life possible. But in order for that to happen, you and I have to choose to submit to him. And every week in your programs, um, you can find them there or on the Connect card that's online. You can find it there. But we really want to create some next steps, some opportunities for you to respond some ways for you to reflect on what you've heard and to consider for yourself what your next step is going to be able to do, able to be. Gives us a great way to be able to pray for you as God is working in your life. But as you think about this idea of submitting to Jesus as Lord, to ultimately allow him to direct your life, what's your next step going to be? Maybe your next step is to evaluate who is Lord of your life? Who is calling the shots? Who is directing all of that? Maybe your next step is to choose the steps that we've outlined above. What is it that you need to take next to allow Jesus to begin to direct your journey? Maybe your next step is to tell Jesus about the decisions that you need his help to make. And maybe your next step is that if Jesus prompts you to invite somebody to join you online for service, commit to that and respond. Wherever you're at this week, we would just challenge you to respond. Band's gonna come in just a minute and they're gonna play one last song don't miss this opportunity to respond and take a moment and say to Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Let's pray. God, this morning, we come to you scattered all around in our homes or wherever we're joining. God, in this morning, the reality is true for each of us. Wherever we're at, we need you to be the guide of our life. Jesus, you will lead us to the most amazing life possible, but it only happens when we choose to acknowledge you as Lord, to recognize that we need your help as we make decisions and as we go through life. Jesus, wherever we're at in our process, wherever we're at in the journey, would you help us to see the value of submitting to your authority, to listen to what it is that you're calling us to do and to respond. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the fact that you want to guide us and lead us through this this crazy thing we're living through. God, would you help us to experience your peace and your hope and see the value of allowing you to guide and direct our lives. We love you.
in Jesus' name.